This is Meg Tilton at the ACAL Life, episode number 17, Taking Back the Remote. This is the ACAL Life, a place where LDS women, and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose. A place to help you realize how important you are and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody, on this beautiful Monday morning. Um, actually it's Monday afternoon, full disclosure. (laughs) I am recording this while my baby takes a nap because life as a mom of five gets hectic sometimes, and I'm not as far ahead of myself as I would like to be. Um, and so I just kind of go with the flow and do what I can. So this will be posted later today on this Monday, but that's why, and that's okay. You know, that's just life and I'm okay with that. So I hope you all had a great week. We had a really good week here in the Tilton household. Um, My little one, my littlest one, he's been sick and it's not really super fun to see your kids sick, but I will say from a really selfish mom standpoint, I love it when my kids are sick. I know that's terrible, but I don't love that they're sick. That's not what I love about it. I love that they cuddle and that they slow down and they will just kind of chill with me and watch a movie. And it gives me an excuse to just kind of chill myself. So very selfishly from that standpoint, as a mom, I do like it, but he is starting to feel better, which makes me happy. He's eating and he's running around and he's, um, has an opinion again. So that's good. (laughs) And that's always what you want as a mom is for your kids to be healthy. So I was thinking about what I would share with you today as my fun little fact about Meg. I don't know about any of you, but I have um, a few reoccurring dreams, excuse me, a few reoccurring dreams in my life. And the one that is the most reoccurring for me is the one where I find myself in college again. And I am like halfway through the semester or I'm towards the very end of the semester and I realize I haven't gone to a class or maybe all of my classes and now I'm trying to figure out how I get out of it so that it doesn't really affect my GPA or how I pull out some miraculous thing and get a good grade. So I had one of those dreams last night and I just hate it. I hate those dreams because I'm like, how do I finagle the professor to help me, you know, write this paper or take this test and how I'm going to study. And it's always on subjects that are really hard, like physics or chemistry or something that I didn't really enjoy in college. And, um, I'm not really sure what that's supposed to mean. (laughs) I know that there's meanings to those dreams because I know I'm not the only one that has those dreams. Like I know a lot of people have the dream where they're like on stage with no clothes on And that's a reoccurring dream or they are performing and they're not prepared or something like that. So I'm not really sure what that's supposed to tell me about my life. If any of you have a good concrete, you know, diagnosed reason why I'm having these dreams, I'd love to hear it. Anyway, so I had that dream last night and I woke up kind of in a panic, but with such relief that I was 
not in college again and had not not gone to school for the whole semester. So have no fear. That's not where my life is, thankfully. (laughs) So weird dreams going on for me here. Anyway, I'm sure you all have had some sort of a dream like that. It is kind of my nightmare, though. I mean, I don't really have nightmares anymore, you know, about scary monsters and things like that. But that to me is a nightmare. Another one I have quite frequently, not frequently, but I have reoccurring is that I'm back on my mission again. And I'm like, I can't go. I have five children. I can't go back to Korea. I didn't do very well with the language the first time I was there. And all that emotion comes back. It's very interesting. And then I wake up very relieved knowing that I do not have to be back on my mission. (laughs) I loved my mission for probably a lot of reasons that most of you wouldn't, um, if you haven't served a mission, you wouldn't understand. And they're not typical reasons. Like I didn't think it was the best two years of my life. It was the best two years for my life, but it was the hardest to 18 months of my life. I didn't serve for two years, clearly, but 18 months, it was so hard. So I'm glad I went and all the things that I learned. So for that aspect, I love my mission for the things that it taught me, but I don't really want to go back and I'm glad I don't have to. And I'm hoping that the only time I ever go back is with my husband when we can serve a mission and who knows where we'll go then. We'll probably go to Finland where he went on his mission and that's not very much better of a language. So whatever, (laughs) I'm game for whatever. Anyway, so let's get to the podcast today. Enough about me and my weird dreams. Okay, so today I am talking about emotional remote controllers, okay? So I, this house that we live in now that we bought a couple years ago, it has two lofts that overlook the main level. And because of the way that this house is designed, the majority of the living space is on these two, is in these two lofts. So our TV resides in one of them. And at first, when we moved into the house, I was really excited about this change of venue for the TV, but I soon discovered a really big problem with that. If my kids were to go upstairs and turn on a movie, the only way to get them to turn it off or to turn the volume down was to yell at them from the main floor. So you can imagine the increase in noise as I was trying to shout over the TV and they were shouting back at me because they couldn't hear what I was saying. And more times than not, what would happen is, is that they would get distracted and pulled away into something else and a movie would get left playing. And so then I had to go up the stairs and turn it off myself. And that was a pain and it made me really grumpy. But then I discovered an awesome little gem called Chromecast and it literally changed my life. Now I can turn on any movie for my kids from Netflix start and stop it as I please, and I can control the volume. So all of a sudden, when we got this little gem of Chromecast, my frustration with the TV changed because I was in control again. I'm a person who likes to be in control, and so that was really important to me. Now, in this world that we live in, there are so many things that surround us that allow us to control our experience. Many of you will appreciate that we have heating and cooling controls in our homes and cars. We have light controls to dictate how much light we have in a room. We have controls that allow us to produce the perfect water temperature in the shower. We like controls because they allow us to manipulate a situation to our liking. 
They give us power over our environment. Now, just like all of the physical controllers we are surrounded by, we have emotional controllers too. I like to refer to them as our emotional remotes. But these remotes are a little harder to control. Sometimes we try and take control of others' emotional remotes, and we even give our emotional remotes to others to control. Having the wrong person in charge of an emotional remote causes us to feel frantic, exhausted, and unhappy the majority of the time. So let's talk a little bit about some common areas where we do not allow emotional remotes to be in the right hands. Let's start with the all too common friendship emotional remote. And I am using this one because I have done this so much in my life. So in friendships, we have rules in our heads as to how a friendship should play out. We navigate through the friendship fairly easily until we come up against a situation where something happens that makes us unhappy. Someone doesn't play by our rules. For example, a friend doesn't include you in an event you feel you should have been invited to. Your feelings get hurt and you pull away from the friend. Guess what you just did? You took your little emotional remote and you handed it to your friend to control. In essence, you said, You did not act as you should have according to my rules of friendship, and now you have made me feel sad. Here's the thing. No one can make you feel sad. You choose to feel that way. When we hand our emotional remotes off to others and then expect that they will make us feel exactly how we want, we are setting ourselves up for disaster. And I can totally relate to this because I have done it so much before I started learning about coaching and these tools that we use. I was handing my emotional controller off to a lot of people and it was creating a lot of disasters in my life because no one is ever going to follow our rules exactly the right way. As we let others take control of our emotional remotes, we will find that we are always miserable Instead of taking responsibility for our emotions, we hand that power over to others who never do it just right. Now, not only do we often hand our personal emotional remotes over to others, but a lot of times we like to collect others' emotional remotes so that we can attempt to make them feel a certain way. Now, mothers are often very guilty of doing this with their children. Mothers feel a tremendous responsibility to make sure that their children only experience good emotions. And we as mothers try and shield them from any negative emotion we can. However, far too often we collect our children's remotes, push all the buttons that we think should produce happiness, excitement, and peace, only to watch them feel sad, angry, and overwhelmed. So what do we do when we see this happen in our kids? Well, we repeat this process over and over as we assume that we have pushed the wrong buttons. If we can only figure out the correct combination of buttons, we will be able to create the emotions we think they should feel and all will be well again. But here's the truth. The truth is the premise that we have control of our children's emotions is a lie. 
we never had control in the first place. Trying to control others' emotions causes us frustration and creates frustration in our children who aren't learning to take control of their emotions for themselves. For an example of this, I'm going to reference Harry Potter. I want you to remember back to the very first movie entitled The Philosopher's Stone. You may recall that it started out on the day of Dudley Dursley's birthday. His parents had gone to great lengths to make his birthday perfect. Right off the bat, Dudley asks how many presents he was getting this year for his birthday, to which his father confidently states, 36, I counted them myself. This enrages Dudley because he had gotten 37 the year before. His unpleasant reaction causes his mother to panic and she reassures him that they are going to buy two more presents while they are out later that day. His parents were going to great lengths to make him feel special and loved, but despite their best efforts, he still wasn't happy. And instead of letting him be unhappy, they tried to control everything just so, so that he would be happy. Now, if they had allowed him to be in control of his own emotions and they in control of their own, they would have done what they could have to make his birthday special and then allowed him to feel the way he decided. When he got mad, they would have let him be mad and to sort out his feelings for himself. They would not have panicked and tried to change the circumstances or situation to potentially create happiness for him they would have realized they were not capable of doing such a thing. I realize this is a bit of an exaggerated example, but I use it to show that you can feel you are doing all the right things and your children may not feel the way you hope. And that is okay. It is never our job as a parent to make our children feel a certain way, but it is our job to teach them that they are in control of their emotions. A lot of times we feel it is easier if we allow others to control our emotions. It takes off the responsibility for how we feel, which ultimately affects how we act, and places the burden of our emotional state on others instead of ourselves. You see this happening all the time in the world around us. I want you to look at the current emotional climate in our country surrounding politics. If one does not agree with a politician's stance or implemented policies, we tend to blame them for the feelings our difference of opinion creates. Now, I am not saying you should feel a different way. What I am saying is that you need to realize that you are choosing the way that you feel. And said politician is not making you feel that way. And here's a good way to look at it. Do you really want to give them that much power? Whenever we are talking about taking back our emotional remotes, we want to ask ourselves, are we willing to give that person that much power over our emotions? And I really hope the answer is no. Listen, we all fought a war in heaven to be able to act and think and feel for ourselves. Let's not shy away from that responsibility so easily when it comes to our emotions. It should be the best news to hear that you can be 100% in control of how you feel. So here's your challenge for the week. I want you to take back your emotional remote. 
and I want you to stop trying to control other people's remotes. It's not going to be easy. You are going to feel some discomfort. Those people who are are used to you being in charge of their emotions may not like it at first, but it will change your life for the better. I promise. Be responsible for your emotions and let everybody else be responsible for theirs. Then step back and let the magic happen. It's going to be amazing. So start grabbing those remotes, friends. Take them back and start handing back the ones that you're holding on to that aren't yours to hold. You can start this anywhere that you are in your life right now, and you can do it with any age of children too that you're responsible for and making sure that they are really in control of their emotions and responsible for that and that you aren't. So I hope you all have a great week. I hope you're all getting ready for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays, so I'm really looking forward to it. And I am going to be back next week and I'm going to share my beyond awesome roll recipe with all of you here on the podcast. So you're not going to want to miss it because it's going to be a treat for each of you. And it's really easy and it's super good and you will win friends left and right with this recipe. I'm just saying, okay? So you're going to want it. So come back and listen next week for that and listen to more. I'm going to actually continue this conversation about emotional remotes a little bit more next week on the podcast. So that's something that you have to look forward to too. So have a great week and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye. If you like what you've heard on the podcast today or in past episodes, I'd so appreciate it if you would hop on over to iTunes and leave me a review so that I can get this podcast out to more people who would benefit from it. Thanks.